0: The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today.
1: Well, Holly, I think this has been something that we've been working on for quite some time, but to try to wrangle somebody of this caliber is very difficult. Uh, I'd be remiss to then not kick it off by saying episode number... 204,
0: if my calculations are correct.
1: Guys, yeah, I, I saw you look down. You wrote it I down. Did. Don't even pretend <laughs> like you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I totally Anyways, it's could. our
1: good friend for this week. Um, I don't know exactly how to introduce you, Josh. Do I go pastor? Do I do reverend? Do I do just
2: Justin Kelsey, my friend? How are you? I'm okay with Justin. I'm doing great, Johnny. What is going on, my man?
1: The thing is, though, is that if you've earned those those stripes, if you will, should you yeah. not? I mean, if I were to be a doctor, I want to be called doctor all the time. So do you not want to be then reverend all the time?
2: I don't mind if people need to call me that. Usually I hear it more at weddings and, and so on. But yeah, stripes is uh, an accurate title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, we like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Justin, who are you and where did you come from?
2: Oh man. I originally come from Halifax, Nova Scotia, East coast, holding it down. Right. So, um, grew up on the ocean, you know, just beautiful area. It's, uh, I spent, uh, geez, I think I spent my first, uh, 20 years of my life there and then lived in different parts of, uh, Canada. Yeah. It's been quite the journey you know it's exciting you never know what life's going to hold um but you know you, you you try to be positive or find times to be positive it's not always easy but uh you know that's that's really my mantra and uh you know there's too much negativity around us anyways let's try and find something to be positive about right every day
0: absolutely that's why he's a pastor a reverend <laughs> <laughs> Growing up on the East Coast, what was that like? Whenever I go, it just feels so peaceful and it feels like home, even though it's not my home. Uh, How was your experience there? Uh, It was amazing.
2: I basically landed in a church family. I call it a church family, not a church building. Just so y'all know, because your building doesn't make you a church. Uh, At four months old, uh, my parents just radically came to Christ Uh, hearts just tugged to basically pull into this parking lot uh, and uh, it happened to be a church going through hard times and so on and that was the beginning of their journey Um, and uh, they had me at a young age it was amazing they ended up having six kids honestly my mother it's actually her birthday today (laughs) too so hey, happy birthday (laughs) mom honestly it, it, it was surreal uh, the East Coast, there's just something special about it. And uh, it was funny because when I spent some time down in the U.S., I felt like, oh, this is bad. I felt like some of our American friends even had they, they had a little bit no- more uh, uh, knowledge about the East Coast not ending past Quebec. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and even some of our Westerners, even though I became a Westerner later on, I said, you know what? The East Coast is amazing. There's just awesome people. And um you know, musicians, if you're a musician, oh, my goodness, there's just, you know, such amazing musicians there. I, I, I think you all heard of Carrie Underwood, you know, the person that wrote that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, is originally from Halifax, um, you know, and became a Grammy Award winner. The, the guy was just, you know, he was there gigging and great songwriters. Just I'm a musician myself, so it, it means something that it's uh, it's really in the culture. But uh, living on the ocean is just an experience. If you haven't had it, you need to get it. Like, that's just what it is. And the East Coast is just something special. Whether you're looking for seafood, whether you're looking for great music, you know, or, or just great people. Uh, that, that, that was really was my experience. Plus the pizza shops. Don't forget that. The pizza <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: If you're hyping up the East Coast so much. You also said that you moved around a whole bunch. Why are you leaving? Why are you moving around then? Yes.
2: You need to start blaming my wife. (laughs) 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 This is what happens when God brings a recording artist into your life. Oh my goodness. Pack your bag. Ready to live (laughs) out of it. Right? Like that's just basically what it is. Um, And yeah, it's, it's been a trip. Honestly, it's been exciting um to say the least but that's basically what took me away from the east coast and we've 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 spent time in the states we've spent time in western canada central canada eastern canada and um you know just trying to be obedient And doors that god was opening hopefully we're planting some roots now that's that's what the hope is but um yeah it's been quite exciting now we're just outside of uh, toronto in the gta area and uh, it's been great but quite the journey for sure
0: no kidding. Okay, so you're living in Halifax, you meet the love of your life. And then she says, Well, the musician, let's go. <laughs> yeah. What well, was that like for you? And I feel like because I know your story just a little bit, but you have music roots as well, just from the other side of things. So yeah. was it actually a match made in heaven?
2: It was. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I think sometimes if you're reading some rock and roll magazine, it's just it's you know, it's almost like those, uh, you know, that dreamy type of experience come together. I don't know if it was that, but it was sort of something like that because I was a drummer and I was you know, I I had a great experience at a young age where people, you know, they they saw that gift in me and they wanted to uh, bring it out and help me develop it. And, you know, I was playing at conferences and so on with hundreds of people there. And when I was like nine, 10 years old mm-hmm. and uh, started with my first bands, uh, when I think it was 11 or 12, when I was younger, I was practicing like three, four hours a day. I like, I oh. just my parents nuts. Right. So, <laughs> um, and th- that's what I would do. I-, I-, I just wanted to play. I don't know. It's a, that, that, was maybe my out, uh, And uh, led to some opportunities to tour uh and uh tour you know overseas and so on uh with the with the band and a group which was great and uh if you want to know the story um basically i had just come back from a tour in europe and i was telling the lead singer the night before i saw my beautiful wife for the first time uh i just felt like there you know god was taking me in a different direction it didn't make any sense we were having a great time and it, it just didn't make any sense yet god was you know, he, he sort of was stern and hard. I don't know if you guys ever went through that where you just sort of know something's coming, but you don't really know why. Everything seems great. Why are we changing it? Right. So the night after I was uh, I was letting our lead singer know who was the leader of the band, I had found out that the church we were attending, which was one of the largest churches in the East Coast had been rented out by the east coast music awards which is just an iconic you know there's so many industry professionals that go there to you know discover new talent and so on they basically were holding a showcase there and one of the features in the showcase was there an artist who was up for inspiration inspirational artists of the year and that was my wife martine and i'm sitting there in the second row beside the lead uh my uh, leader of the band and we're watching her and a guitar player is just ripping it up. And I leaned over to him and said, you know what? <laughs> Maybe that's the direction. <laughs> me I wish I could make this stuff up, but I'm not. <laughs> and uh, she ended up coming back to do a concert and I ended up getting connected with her. And yeah, that's basically a year later, we were married. That's, wow. that's what it was. It was quick. And uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome though. Just sort of following the steps in front of you, right? Open doors.
1: Mm-hmm. What we was your you know. band
2: then? I was with a band called Shiloh that, didn't you know what, it was sort of ahead of its time because we hear of all these worship bands that sort of meet each other. Maybe they're coming out of seminary or what, and they're sort of meet each other at a church, and then it becomes something more. That's sort of where my experience was. It was this uh, youth movement out of the East Coast called Shiloh, and uh, it was headed by one of the longest-serving youth pastors in Canada who trained me in ministry. He married us. Bruce Belair, just an amazing man of God, and, uh, you know, a walking Twitter account. Like, that's just the type of guy he was. And, uh, you know, at that time, he was connected with, you know, uh, Jude Fukui and uh, Judah Smith, who was coming up under Jude and so on, just with those circles. Yeah, he had basically founded this this youth mission, and out of it came generations of these bands. I happened to be in, I don't know what generation (laughs) it was, this band. And then we were getting invitations to basically travel and it was just a great experience. I just felt like didn't want, maybe God is something different for me and the type of culture I grew up in. You just sort of stayed there and you passed it on to the next generation. Like it was sort of like you just sign up for life. (laughs) And that just wasn't my, you know, that, that just wasn't my story. That's not what God had for me. So,
1: and that, and this year was around what the, you were you were how old this year is as as you guys uh, were doing this.
2: I, I was a part of that band, I'd say for a good six years, six, seven years. And uh, when I had seen my wife for the first time, I would have been 23.
1: So then you, you have this musical talent. Uh, I mean, you are, you are now a a pastor or a reverend. Was it, so did you think, okay, music is going to be the thing, maybe pastorizing or reverending or whatever, or kind of what was then the next step?
2: Yeah. Honestly, it was, uh, I, I, I'm not sure I truly, and I think, I think maybe, I know you guys probably interview a lot of people, <laughs> different artists. Uh, when you sign up to marry an artist, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you really just pack your bag and that's just yeah. where it is. So she was heavy into itinerant ministry at the time, you know, working with a lot of different churches and festivals and so on and had some new album projects coming out and, you know, industry folks calling and, and it was just, you know, I'm just sort of lit up in the middle of this. Right. You know uh, we weren't even married. I think we knew each other for six months and I'm finding myself in this 7,000 seat, you know uh, auditorium stadium and hmm. she's opening for this artist from the States and so on. And I'm like, where am I? <laughs> what <does happen?" laughs> Right. And um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was, uh, I I didn't quite know what God wanted to do with this. I was just sort of jumping in. How can I help? Uh, You know, that's just basically what it was. And then really just saw, you know, uh, some things come alive in me as far as, you know, management uh, experience and marketing and so on. And just working with uh, being able to rub shoulders with a lot of uh, industry professionals and so on. I didn't believe that was our end stop. I just believe that was part of our journey though. And I, you know, and, you know, we, we had hopes to have a family and so on, but it was very busy, right? And, um, but uh, it was it was a different time. It, it was a different time and it wasn't easy all the time, right? Like anyone who grew up playing music and so on, you realize, you know, it takes a lot of faith, right? There's your, you're, you're, any money you're making, you're constantly investing back into what you're doing so um yeah it was very interesting to say the least but um you know something I I definitely wouldn't exchange what a life experience right
0: what were some of the takeaways during the season of your life not really having roots
2: that's a really good question because I think for a lot of couples especially like a young couple right I've done a lot of marriage counseling over the years with young couples (laughs) so I'm giving them advice and they can could I have had this <laughs> when we started, right? Like that first year is not easy. And usually you're just sort of planting roots. That's the first year you're planting roots together. You've been separated. Now you're one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're not planting roots and you're constantly in a tour vehicle or a plane, mm-hmm. and so on, uh, that's just, that. that's a totally different ball game. And uh, sometimes you just got to shut everything else out and you get, you got to just calm yourself and say peace, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it was definitely it was different but um the way I was raised is 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 all about serving the kingdom it's not serving any one person but it's being there for people that everything you're doing is supposed to impact others and i really believe that god has ordained people to be filters right so if god's pouring his love in you it's not just for you it's to give out to other people who don't realize that there's an option for them. There's an option for them that loves them more than they could ever know. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. You know, I'm also an, an event planner and uh, you'll, you know, anyone that knows me will hear me say, I don't like planning events just to plan events. I, I want to plan an event that has substance and has meaning beyond just the event. So when we're talking about music, when you're talking about touring, when you're talking about any of that um, you know, one thing about Martine she would al- she would always be one of the last, um, to be uh, to be at the venue that she she took time with people and that's what it, to me that's what it was about like it was really more about ministry to others than it was just about playing music um, and so now I see because you asked that question Johnny like how's that work you, you know being a pastor and so on um, you know you just sort of see it evolve you know and you just you're, you're walking it's funny because God will often uh, open one door. But he won't show you what's past the other doors if you walk through it. Right. He just he's mm-hmm. going to show you that one opportunity and say, if you trust me, come walk. Right. And uh, that that's barely that's basically been my life story. You know, you guys are hosting the the, the why me. I never thought this is where I would be personally um, because I had other visions for my life. Yeah, I was a musician and so on. I was, st- you know, I was doing my undergraduate and wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, that like that's what I was studying for and and this is back when I was uh late teens and I was struck by an impaired driver head-on on the highway uh with two other people in the vehicle with me honestly we almost lost our lives and the 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 person that hit us lost his life on, on the scene right that, that that just rocked my world because it sent me from you know being uh, uh you know doing everything that you're so accustomed to to you know Being in a wheelchair, like that's, you know, and being bedridden and not being able to eat solid food and and all these things you just take for granted and having a lot of time to think. You know, I was thinking today that that time reminds me so much about what a lot of people are dealing with today. They're dealing with isolation. They're dealing with loneliness and depression and, you know, just so many things going on, uncertainty. And I dealt with all those things. You know, I was bedridden and could barely look after myself, right? Couldn't walk upstairs. Had to learn how to walk upstairs again and so on. Tons of physiotherapy and and so on. And surgeries. And today, when I think back to that, it changes you. It changes the way you think. And God removed what I thought was a great idea. You guys heard that scripture before that we make our plans, but God directs our steps. Um, the thing is, I like to think that it's not just about God directing our steps. It's him directing our steps towards other people, Mm -hmm. right? That God is always concerned about souls that souls. I love this line. Souls are in the balance every day, wake up and think that souls are in the balance. Right. And so it changed me because I know what I went through in that very difficult time. And so when I'm out, And I'm seeing people that couldn't muster a smile because it's not in them. You know, what we call the Holy Ghost smile. You just pretend everything's okay. Well, that's gone now, right? Now it's just time to be real. And I'm just encountering so many people and they they are so ready to finally encounter a spiritual solution to what has been a spiritual void. In their life for so long that they have been trying to fill with so many other things, physical or emotional, and only the spiritual solution is really going to fix that. And that is basically where I am. You know, it changes you and it's not because I'm a pastor or, or, or anything like that. Uh, or because of my role, it's to me, it's just, it's burnt inside of me because I know what that was like.
1: Because you said for so long in your life, when you guys, when you and your wife were traveling here and there, you were never rooted into something. And then you had mentioned that now you're in the uh, GTA and you've been there now for a couple of years. Do you feel as though you're more so rooted now than you ever have
2: been? Probably now more than ever in our life. Yeah. It's um, because it's it's almost like you don't feel like it's your roots. I, I don't know how to explain that. It's it's you know, you know, God has taken you in different. And honestly, we made some amazing relationships, which we still have, and, and relationships mean a lot to us. And people that we could pick up the phone and call. We're not, you know, it's not an everyday relationship. But um, now I, I just feel like God is planting roots, and um, it, it's it's just amazing. I think it's timely you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to travel right now anyways. And at that very time, God is, he's planting us, you know, we're planted. I was telling Holly, you know, my, my wife's now a new worship pastor at a uh, fairly large church here, which just happened recently. And I took on the role of uh, uh regional manager of Ontario and Nunavut with the Canadian Bible Society. Um, this all unfolded within weeks of each other. Right. So I just feel like we're finally being able to plant roots. It doesn't mean that we can't, we can't be invested in some other areas of ministry and so on. Um, but right now it's, it's really about how can we affect change? How can we make an impact? My wife and I are really big on this. How can we have a positive impact in the life of someone else every day? I go out on purpose. Honestly, I go out on purpose, whether it's to go get a coffee or I try to interact um, with, uh, with, with people and, you know, I, I remember one, I was going through a cash cash and I remember one woman, uh, I was just smiling and I, I told her, I know you can't see my face because I'm wearing a mask, but I just want to <laughs> let you know that I'm smiling. And she said, that's been the hardest part of my job now, because that's what fueled me is seeing people smile every day. Right. And, <clears throat> it, you know, remember, remember when you were a kid and you go to McDonald's and say smiles are free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that smile was probably the, worth the most out of anything they're offering, right? And you see that today, that people are just, they're, they're so, you know, that honestly, when we're talking about roots, they need roots, right? Like, just because I may have traveled geographically, there's a lot of people that have been based in the same place who have not had spiritual roots, and they're just wanderers looking for the, the next high, right? The next buzz not really realizing there's a loving God that just wants to give them everything.
0: It's interesting. Um, just the season of life that we find ourselves in where, uh, like you say, people were looking for the next high. And now all of that has literally been stripped away. And you're in a part of our country where you are, I believe in a lockdown at this point. Yeah. And it's difficult to connect with people. And loneliness was already a pandemic before the pandemic happened for you having such a heart for people how have you been able to meaningfully connect during a season where restrictions often tell us we can't
2: honestly uh, it's it's whether it's by phone or email or even if I'm just out and you know you're doing it responsibly or so on i'll give you a couple examples i had some uh before this lockdown took place this new one here in ontario i had uh my my wife was blessed with a, with an suv from a family member So, obviously, she required me to upgrade the audio system. (laughs) Of Um, course. So, I'm I'm getting the uh, audio system upgraded, and it's just me and the audio tech there, and um, he just starts to open up to me. Mm. And at the end of that appointment, I'd never met this man before in my life, and at the end of it, uh, he was on my shoulder crying Mm. uh, and just going through a really hard time and God gave me an opportunity to minister to. I didn't ask for that. I I, I don't know this guy. And honestly, it wasn't, it was to me, it was more just planting seeds. And, you know, he realized, you know, my grandmother's been praying for me for years and so on, right? Just an awakening, an encounter you hold on to. Another opportunity I had, I was just on the phone. I was trying to encourage some people in our network. And uh, there was a woman I was talking to and she was just ready to give up on her marriage. And uh, it's been, it was a long time for her, uh, about four, four years or so since her husband had had walked out and um, she just couldn't do it alone, raising two, two kids on her own anymore. And uh, I I wasn't aware of this. And I said, well, listen, I'm, I still believe in the God of miracles. And I, you know, and I know, you know, you've been believing and you're tired, you know, so let me stand on proxy for you. Like, let me stand for you. And let's just pray. I said, I, I don't know what God's going to do through this, but I know that prayer still works. And we just prayed together and joined our faith together, like the word says standing on the word, where two or more agree, right? He's in our midst. And uh, I got a call from her a week later, uh, said, You wouldn't believe it. My husband just came home. And oh, he got wow. on his knees. Yeah, got on his knees and he hugged, hugged our, 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 our kids and, and he repented to the family and, uh, you know, uh, just rededicated his life to God. I said, you know what? That is so awesome. God is just so amazing. And that's what I pray for every day. I pray for creative miracles, not just a miracle, a creative miracle in a way that God would speak to people in a way that's so unique to them. That's what we're believing for, right? In these very difficult times, because you can get so weighed down by being on social media and the news and so on. I'm not saying you shouldn't be aware of what's going on, but I just feel like, you know what? There's a God that we need to be connected with. And we need to, like, this is more important than what's going on out here, because this is going to impact what's happening out there. And just because we're seeing so much negativity and uncertainty doesn't mean that God isn't on the move, right? And his word says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And I really believe that. I don't think I have all the answers. I'm just saying that, you know what? My relationship with God has to be a priority. I'm not trying to preach or preach to you all. I'm just saying, you know what? God has an opportunity. And it doesn't matter if you've been, you know, you called yourself a Christian for 20 years or, you know, you're just starting the search or, or so on, that God has a plan for you, whether it's to awaken you or introduce himself. And, you know, that that's really what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for opportunities that if God opens the door, like, let's come on in and let's have a conversation, right?
1: So God opens the door for you and you then start working at the uh, Canadian Bible society. So your official role for that is what?
2: Oh man. Um, <laughs>
0: official,
2: there's a few different titles there. Um, okay. It, it's a long uh, business card. It is. It is. A, it's one of, yeah. It's one of the longest. It's, regional manager for Ontario and Nunavut. I'm also the national events and engagement manager, and I'm also the special liaison to the Canadian Armed Forces uh, for wow. our scriptures to members of uh, service members. So that's, that's in yeah, That that's basically what the title is. I, I dabble in a lot of other things, but that's basically sure. what it is, yeah.
1: Because one of the things in there is uh, event planning, And we're now in the midst of where there seems to be no events and nothing's going on. And we're all sitting at home watching Netflix. Has your role changed at all since within this last year because of us dealing with all of this stuff?
2: Maybe for traveling. I was doing a lot of traveling. So um, if there was a major event or we had sponsored a concert, a youth festival, uh, you, you name it where there was an opportunity for us to provide, you know, free gift bags to those who were coming and so on, and really just be a presence there, um, promoting the word of God, then I'd be flown in um, to work with our regional teams and so on. Um, So I was on the move a lot, you know, uh, last time I I was on the road would have been last uh, last September, I think in BC. And then prior to that, uh, you know, I could pick up my suitcase and be away for two weeks, drop down, mm. change my suitcase for a few days and fly back out. Like that's just what it was. And, um, so it changed a bit. Um, the opportunity arose for, um, work right here in our region, um, which was interesting and timely. And, um, you know, I was still pretty active with events as far as, uh, virtual event opportunities, forecasting event partnerships uh you know and just a lot of strategy around that like I said it's not just event planning for me it's the engagement aspect of it it's uh, part of my role is uh partnerships ministry partnerships and uh just really trying to build some bridges with different organizations and people and seeing how can we work together and I'm really big on working together creatively which I think is even more, you know, it's paramount right now. You you need to be creative in what you're doing. But I also don't believe we need to reinvent the wheel. So if there's other organizations that are doing something that's really exciting, I'll give you an example. This is on the hush hush, so don't tell anyone, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only the thousands Uh, of people that
2: download this every week, but that's
1: fine.
0: (laughs) Uh, millions of people who download this every week. <laughs> billions and <Wow>. billions, <laughs>
1: right?
2: Yeah, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not one to lie,
1: Holly.
0: <laughs> Sorry, the Lord knows my heart.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you an example. And I'm really big on just, uh, you know, I, I I was preaching a sermon at our church uh, not too long ago, just sharing with everyone, right place, right time. And that's to me, that is just the beat of the drum, right place, right time, and let God do the work. And I had got a call, Uh, This was before lockdowns, you know, Uh, I had got a call during COVID, but before harsh lockdowns, got a call to go visit a at-risk youth center and just go take a tour and meet with their team. And that's what I did. And it was uh, was awesome and it was exciting to see what they're doing. And uh, before I left, you know, I just wanted to know how can, this has to be more than just, you know, getting, connecting and so on. How can we support what you're doing? and realize that their biggest need of support was for spiritual support. You know, with my work with the Canadian Armed Forces, they view physical, emotional, and spiritual support equally, right? Meaning that they're providing that support to their service members. And so when you're going to these different centers like at-risk youth centers, and you realize, you know, that they're providing for physical and emotional support, but their biggest need is on the spiritual consistently, I just had like a God light bulb go off and said, I, I know there's other agencies and so on that are doing some great work with youth, but is there a way that Canadian Bible society can further our support for at-risk youth specifically? And we just started talking to some at-risk youth centers, faith-based centers across Canada and realized, Hey, the needs the same. So that's like, that, that's, that's one thing that we're, you know, that, uh, that really, you know, I was just allowing God to use me and connect with. And we're going to see what that uh, what that looks like. We're going to be launching that pilot soon. Um, and uh, it's really exciting. Like I said, don't tell anyone. But uh, <laughs> no, it's really exciting. And it's not to duplicate what anyone else is doing. It's just to come alongside and say, you know what? There's obviously a huge need here. It's not fully being met. And this is not about anything else but helping people. And that's one of the things I love about the Bible Society because, Um, you know, one of the things we say with the Bible society is that we've been around for so long in Canada that it really doesn't matter if we're the ones in the limelight at the podium anymore, right? Mm. Like we've been around in Canada serving the church, uh, for over 200 years, you know? And so we're just very happy being the usher to help show you to your seat, right? Like we don't have to be in the limelight. So if there's other organizations that are younger and, you know they're they're in front of people and they're they're pushing this and that and so on. That's totally cool because in the background uh, we want to support that, but we also want to make sure that our priority uh, is just trying to find the gaps that are not being ministered to. Over ninety percent of our uh, translation work is is to is to uh, reach and support indigenous communities across Canada. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, it's just such a heart of our, our, our executive director. And, um, you know, so we find different ways, we find opportunities to partner. And uh, same thing as far as what I do, like, that's what I do. Um, it's relationships, partnerships, and uh, how can we work together to really not just expand our footprint, but expand the kingdom of God. And that's really what I'm concerned about.
1: You were saying that uh, you work with the uh, Indigenous community. That's that's big on your guys' heart. Uh, the Canadian Armed Forces. What does the involvement with those organizations, with those people look like?
2: Indigenous communities, it's translation. A lot of translation projects, uh, especially in the north, Inuit. I remember one project. Oh, I never say this right. The Nipkutuk. I believe is what it's called. It's a better than what I would have done. (laughs) Inuit language in uh, Nunavut. And um, we had started a translation project um, back in the late 70s before Mm -hmm. a lot of digital uh, applications were available. And uh, that project took about 30 years to complete um, just because of the dialect. So when you're talking about indigenous dialects, the way we translate is to be in a way that's comfortable for them reading. So when you think of, I just think of like reading uh, the King James version opposed to reading like new living translation, right? Mm -hmm. You probably talk today a little bit more like new living translation. So would you not want to read like that Mm -hmm. Uh, Same when you're translating projects, right? So depending on, especially when you're translating for, you know, a, a, a big focus of, of Canadian Bible Society is next generation because that's why we've been around for so long is everything we do is passed on to the next generation to run with. Um, and so a, a big push for us right now is engaging next generation, not just with the word of God, but the need for the word of God to continue to be uh, in a, 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 just really a, a, a huge part of our lives or everyday life, right? You know, we have a saying here at Canadian Bible Society that says God speaks, right? And there's no end date on that. It just says God speaks. Mm -hmm. And so whether, you know, it was Bible Society 1890 or it's Bible Society 1950, God speaks. So with the Canadian Armed Forces, our relationship, we've been in relationship with them since the early 40s um, during the Second World War. And so that started by us supplying Bibles um, to service members who'd be shipping over and, you know, just not knowing if they're coming back. And so that's basically where that started. Um, It's continued for us to be able to develop the program um, based on their needs, which is big with Canadian Bible Society. We want it to to fit the needs of our partners Um, and, uh, You know, we had developed a Bible that basically fit a specific pocket that would sit, and the pocket just happened to sit right over the heart. And we actually received the story of a, a, a bullet that basically was shot at a service member and should have killed him, and his Bible stopped it um that's a true story and um so we've we've developed the project and the bible is it's it's we're one of the few organizations in canada that has been allowed to use the cat pat camouflage um so that when they're serving it it matches their uniform when they're overseas see if you're here in canada and abroad you see members of the canadian armed forces oftentimes i'm not a pro with this but oftentimes They're wearing different uniforms Mm. um, to, you know, if they're Air Force or so on. When they're serving overseas, more often than not, they're wearing the same uniform. So we produce resources that basically camouflage in with their uniform. And many times they're not, they don't have access to digital devices, smartphones and so on. Um, You know, I remember talking to one service member. uh, I was connecting with him over coffee. And he had got a call right after our meeting that he was sh- shipping out on a covert operation overseas that you would never hear about in the media, right? And so there's just lots of different operations like that. And one of the biggest requests is uh, is for resources because they don't have access to read it, you know, version or so on, which is also a partner of us. ours. They use our translations uh, for the Bible app. Um, but it's also near and dear to my heart. See, this is what I'm talking about about open doors because I'd recently um, uh, i recently was a uh, a panelist on a uh, African Canadian based uh, uh, presentation uh, CCJM right Canadian Christians for Justice and Mercy and um, one of the stories I was able to tell on that this was in celebration of Black History Month. And uh, I was fortunate actually to be part of the panel with Mike Pinball Clemens, which was exciting. Great guy, boy, he's excited, and it's awesome. <laughs> all that the energy. time, excited, all the time, right?
0: You can't and, that around him. You just have oh, to. Oh yeah, no,
2: Amazing. he was really exciting off camera, on camera, and so on. But um, one of the stories I was able to tell, uh, which is close to my heart, is um, you know this is what I'm talking about full full circle. I'm I'm now serving the KRM forces on behalf of. Native Bible Society, and my, my grandfather, I'm very proud of this, that he didn't just serve with the Canadian Forces back in the sec- Second World War and stand up for our, our, our freedoms and our rights here, um, but he was a war hero. Mm-hmm. And it, it took a long time for that to be recognized just because of some of the cultural dynamics of minorities serving in the Canadian Armed Forces. And um, he basically, you know, he had to do a lot of horrible things that he could never talk about not much and um, he was a specialist um, and uh, so his regiment was captured with the with uh, by the by the Germans and basically your value was based on what you could do for them when you were a prisoner right because you were either going to help them on that side or you if you had value then you'd be traded for other prisoners of war and so on well it turned out he was a foo fu- I say this right fusilier meaning that He had a special skill that allowed him to fix very complicated, even to this day, German tanks. Um, So he was able to upkeep them, which not only saved his life, but he would basically volunteer himself to stay longer to allow others who didn't have special skills to be traded back to the Allies. And he was able to save countless lives like that um, before he was returned. And so he received, I think, three different Medals of Honour. And uh, it took up to, I think, 2001, maybe, uh, where uh, the media was called and the Canadian Armed Forces was there and represented. And um, basically his legacy was enshrined in the uh, uh, Canadian um, uh, Black, uh, Canadian, what's it called, Canadian Black black history, black history museum or something of that nature in the East coast. So yeah, his medals are on display in his story and so on. So um, black cultural center story, black culture, it's like a museum and center and so on. So, so that meant a lot to me, you know, and, and um, you know, he was a, you know, he died a man of God and he obviously put others before himself. He was selfless. And those are just attributes that I like to think that I have, and, um, you know, you preser- try to preserve the memory, right? So I want to pass things down to my son as well, right? And I think you guys do as well. And so it just meant a lot to me that I can support other members of the Canadian Armed Forces, um, just given my grandfather's service. So it's just full circle, right? That's how God works.
0: I want to ask about fatherhood because I know you have a lovely son And uh, now you get to have a little bit more roots in the Ontario area for you, you know, having a growing family um, and just with your heart to serve. How and what do you want to make sure your son takes away from your legacy?
2: Yeah, well, he's 14. He's uh, all like already way taller than my wife. (laughs) (laughs) He is. uh, Yeah. She looks taller when she's on videos and stuff, but in real life, yeah, she's uh, she's not very tall. So, but um, no, he's fourteen and he's he's a good boy. And you know, I think the biggest thing is, can you love life, right? Can like this is supposed to be a gift, right? This is supposed to be a gift. So can you know? There's a verse in the Bible that talks about spiritual gifts being given not just for you to help heaven out, but it actually says spiritual gifts to help others, right? Meaning that you're here to do something special and you need to follow that path. So one of the things that we've done with my son is that we've never really pushed anything on him. Many people ask, oh, you're a drummer, Justin, and your wife's a singer, and she's a piano player and guitar player. We haven't really, and I know some people, they're just, you know, they painstakingly make their kids take these different lessons and so on. I'm a big believer that your kid needs to have fun in what they do, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to want to keep with it. And so we just want JJ to be all that God wants him to be, not necessarily what I want him to be. And I don't want to live my life out through him. I want him to live the life that God intended for him. And so he's a, he's, he's very soft hearted. He loves animals. Like we just had a, his, one of his little puppies just passed away Mm. uh, a few days ago. He was 15 years old, grew up with them. And it was just a sad moment. And, you know, and uh, JJ just has such a big heart and we came home from the vet and he had made like a memorial in the backyard. And it was just, you know, and um, you know, so, He just, he really has a soft heart. We used to, um, I'll tell you something really cool is that um, a a church that we were serving in, uh, geez, must be about 10 years ago, when we made the transition from itinerant ministry into pastoral ministry um, back in 2010, one of the things I would have noticed is that, you know, a lot of people dealing with different things, they try to put the smiles on and so on. And one of the things JJ used to do is this 10 years ago, he was young. He would just walk up to random people. And it's like, he just knew that they weren't right, that there was, that they were in need. I mean, he was young, five, six years old, and he would just launch at them and give them a big hug Mm. and they would just start to cry. Mm. And he has such a ministry for for that. Like he, that's what, for so many years, he would just hug people, but he, uh, he's very sensitive to, to, you know, to leading of God, you know, he loves God. And um, you know we'll we'll hear him. Uh, you know he he can't get out and play a lot uh, right now. So he relies on uh, like a lot of kids, you know, online gaming and so on. You know, not 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 so much because he's addicted to it, but because that's that's his only out right now to play with his friends. So I'll I'll listen to him in. will listen to him in there because he sounds like a bit of an evangelist and he's telling <laughs> people. Oh yeah. You know, like, no, you you know, do you know what? Just because you had a fight with your parents, you know, God can help you and God Aww. is here for you and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, he's like, No, I need ten more minutes. I'm I'm helping Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. So we're just, you know, we're just, you know, we really just want to see God have his plans unfold in JJ's life and not necessarily our plans. And, um, whatever that looks like, you know, I did teach him a little bit of drums and stuff like that. And he knows that he loves to dance and, um, you know, like hip hop dance and so on. And, uh, he's just very creative and, um, but yeah, he's a good boy and he's been on the journey for part of this time with us too. Right. And it has been easy for him, but he's so flexible. And, uh, so now if, you know, if we happen to be out on the road, you would go and pick up your merch, your merch team merch from JJ. Who's there at the back? He, you know, he's quite the little salesman. So it's uh, it's, it's 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 really cool. They're, we're you know we're a family of three, and um, we have a lot of fun together. And know um, yeah, it's 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 just a good time. You know, find the positive, right?
1: Is there a way that we can still, in any way, get involved with the Canadian Bible Society, whether it's through prayer or donation or insert whatever that answer may be.
2: You can certainly check it out online at biblesociety.ca. We're currently working on a brand new website, so that's going to be up soon. Um, there's different things you can, you can definitely uh, support. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, we, we're going to have work with at-risk youth. Uh, one of the projects I've been involved in with, with, is called Fear Not, where we teamed up with a graphic designer who works with Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, produce just this amazing comic book for, you know, say 18 to 13 year olds. And I've had this at comic shows. I've had it at shows. It's just, it's so popular called fear not. And, uh, you can certainly check that out. I think the website for that is FearNot.ca. If you've got, uh, especially now where I think a lot of parents are looking for, you know, substance for the kids to read and and, and be active with. It uses biblical principles, fearnot.ca. So you can go check that out. Um, BiblesCanada.com is our online store. A lot of great resources there, you know, for whatever you're, you might be encountering or going through. And uh, honestly, to me, it's just about being engaged. You know, it's not just giving to give, whether it's of your time or your finances or so on. It's, you know is there something on your heart that is you know identifying with something that we're doing and we're looking for people to partner with us um not just have an exchange of funds we want we want to do this together right and like i said Bobble has been a long round for a long time and people matter to us and generational impact matters to us so if you've got a heart to reach indigenous communities if you've got a heart to reach next generation if if you got a heart to reach at-risk youth, you know, and and you know we got a, another program, oh, we got a really cool program that we actually launched right at the beginning of COVID. It was certain personal to my heart because my grandmother passed away in a nursing home where she couldn't be surrounded by family, and uh, you know it seems sad. Um, and I know that there's a lot of other families like that as well. And so we came up with a program that basically we distributed these digital devices that are just as easy to use. as like the red alert that they carry around their necks if they're in trouble and they just press a button. And it basically sings their favorite hymns and it reads the Bible to them and it gives them inspirational uh, messages and to let them know that they're not alone. And this is part of our long term care uh, program. So if you got a heart for that, if you got family members that you're not able to see in long-term care homes, you can certainly go check that out at biblesociety.ca and be a part of that. You know, we're trying to affect change and we got to do that together. Right. And, and so, uh, that's really in, that's really what we're about. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm just happy to play a small part in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's really exciting. And I know it's, it's weird hearing those words during a mass you know, <laughs> pandemic and so on, but it's exciting because I'm here, I'm seeing God move in the middle of this. And you look all throughout time, you know, we're, you know, I was telling someone the other day that, you know, a lot of Christians are feeling pressed. you know, we can't get to church or not, can't get to be with our church family or so on. And you think of so many others. I have a friend who is a missionary for over 20 years in China, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't think we, here in the West, we don't really understand what persecution really is, right? And so I was um, straight up, right? So, (laughs) oh, you can't go to your church service. Well, they couldn't do that. You know, their lives are on on the line uh, just by getting together or they're relying on Holy Spirit just to show up at the same place, uh, you know, underground church. So I just think, you know what? God was moving in those times, those hard times. You think back to the you know, the horrific uh, things that happened back in the Second World War, God was on the move. And all throughout history, God was on the move. And, um, you know, I'll leave you with this. OK, I'm going to be bold with this. OK, I'm going to leave you with this, is that, it, you know, the enemy who's against us is not creative. It just he repeats constantly. And he was pretty cocky at the you know, thought that he had won. You know, we just got done. Some people call it Easter. I call it the resurrection weekend. Uh, You know, he thought he won when he put Christ on the cross, and he didn't. And when right now, he may think that he won and that he's oppressing people and and their ability, you know, trying to stop, especially, you know, the church to come together. Because there's something very special about the church coming together, coming together. Not just on Zoom, but coming together, like Jesus said, and having one voice. And I said, God could have easily said to Joshua, send one person out to march around Jericho. But he didn't. He said, send them all. He could have said, Jesus could have said, send one person up to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. Or send everyone to their own homes. But he sent them to the upper room together. There's something very special and unique for people coming together. And that's what I'm saying is we've got to stay connected. we got to stay together and we got to, we can't stop looking for opportunities to inspire and encounter others because why God's asking you to be the difference maker in someone else's life. He's working on you.
1: You can uh, take the man out of the East coast, but you can't take the East coast out of the man at Canadian Bible society on Instagram, Bible society.ca Reverend Justin, my friend appreciate you taking some time and uh, hanging with us today. All right. Great to be with you. Holly, I, episode 204, it took us this long. This might be our longest episode yet.
0: <laughs> I think so. Uh-oh. But lots of great nuggets to take away. I hope that everyone yes. had a pen and paper. The good thing is it's mm-hmm. a podcast, so you can just go back to the beginning and re-listen.
1: Hold on, a podcast. Where can I download it, Holly?
0: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> 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 Wherever you get your podcasts, obviously. And of course, you can always head to faithstrongtoday.com. Wow!